This is Dave LaGreca of Busted Open, and I know two extremely passionate fans about AEW, Paul Zartman and Tanner Lee. That's right, Paul and Tanner. I love what they bring to the table on the Kicking Out Podcast. That's right, the Kicking Out Podcast with Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman. Are you listening to me? If you want the latest on AEW and you're an AEW fan and you want to get the scoop, you listen to Paul and Tanner right now on all podcast forums. I'm talking, you go to the podcast store, you lay down your money, and you buy the Kicking Out podcast. You do it now. If you love AEW, you'll love Tanner and Paul. It is Wednesday night, February 9th, 2022, and you're watching another brand new episode of the Kicking Out Podcast, or perhaps you're listening at a later time. If you're doing that, hit that subscribe button. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review, just like Dave Meltzer. We really appreciate it. Helps us out a lot. With all that said, my co-host Paul Zartman is across the computer screen from me. Paul, Moose, how's it going tonight? Uh, well, it's Wednesday night. We just made it through two hours of fantastic television. Probably uh, my two favorite hours of the week. Uh, yes, I know Rampage is on on Fridays, but I look <laughs> forward to Dynamite more than Rampage because after Dynamite, we're here talking AEW on the Kicking Out podcast. So I I'm always look forward to this. Like I normally say, uh, when Dynamite starts, it's time for the best two hours of the week. And absolutely was pretty darn good. Yes. The show begins and our commentary team of Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone and Excalibur. Welcome us to the show. Wardlow makes his way down to the ring with cardboard cutouts of MJF. Wardlow hands ring announcer Justin Roberts a card and Roberts introduces FTR and Tully Blanchard who make their way to the ring, followed by Sean Spears. A video package is then shown of MJF's win over Punk last week. And then the man of the hour, MJF, makes his way to the ring after Justin Roberts reads off this very long intro. What an entrance. Wow. Wow. MJF tells uh, Atlantic City that they need to settle down, says he made it crystal clear last week. He's the best wrestler on the planet, not Kenny Omega, not Brian Danielson, not Adam Cole, and not Hangman Page. MJF says he beat CM Punk twice last week in Punk's hometown of Chicago, and that means he's better than the best in the world. MJF says a lot of emotion came over him while he was pinning Punk, which made him feel the need to whisper two words into Punk's ears. You suck. (laughs) MJF says if it weren't for Sean Spears, he wouldn't have beaten Punk. Spears says given MJF's historic win, he got MJF a gift, a brand new shirt. This is better than the best in the world, which is now available on AEWshop.com. I felt like we were in the DX era when that happened. <laughs> ShopAEW.com. Yes. Yes. My notes flipped it. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the little uh, shameless plug there reminded me of the DX era. 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> got to go to sell the merch, and uh, and I'm sure that'll sell good. Um, yeah, I know you got more to go over. Oh, no, yeah. So I'll let you go over before I get my thoughts. MJF says he's better than Bret Hart in Canada. He's better than Rowdy Piper in Portland, and he's better than CM Punk in Chicago. And it's time he becomes AEW World Champion. Punk comes out and says MJF's win is a suspect as MJF's or is as suspect as MJF spray tan. Punk says he's got some friends today since MJF, FTR, Wardlow, and Spears like to pick their spots and team up on one person. Sting and Allen make their way out, and Punk says they either give him what he wants, a rematch, or he, Sting, and Darby will come down to the ring and beat it out of them. MJF says he's already beaten Punk twice, and Punk says he's not talking to MJF. He's talking to Wardlow because the everyone in the ring wouldn't have won anything if it weren't for Wardlow. MJF says he beat Punk all by himself. Punk tells Wardlow to leave those punks in the ring. MJF says Wardlow hangs around the pinnacle because they're best friends. Harwood says he and Cash Wheeler are the best tag team in the world and that they want to rematch against Punk, Sting, and Darby. Punk accepts. MJF says he doesn't want to wrestle in the cesspool of Atlantic City. MJF proposes CM Punk alongside any partner of his choosing against FTR, and if Punk wins, MJF will give him a rematch anytime, anywhere. And Punk cannot choose Darby or Sting as his partner. MJF tells Wardlow to change into his gear because he has a match tonight. MJF says he's better than Punk, and Punk knows it. And then we head to a commercial break. Yes, a lot to unpack. A lot to kick off the show with. Um, I I figured they were going to kick off the show with MJF coming out and making a statement. Um, Humble, his humble speech, as he had been saying on Twitter, it was going to be. But one thing I liked a lot was... Warlow's kind of stepping forward because he thinks the acknowledgement's coming and instead he gives it to Sean Spears. And Wardlow's facial expressions are just great. Just planting those seeds once again. Just little things. They don't have to do anything big. Adding more to the storyline. Fantastic. And then when Punk was bringing two people out, I suspected it was going to be Darby and Sting, but I was hoping it was going to be Dem Boys, the Briscoes. I keep waiting. Oh, give us what we want. We'll we'll give get me what there. I want. Like Batista said to Triple H a couple of years ago. We'll get there. I TK know. listens to us, okay, Tanner. Just, oh, I know, just, and, that, and, yeah. and, and and they definitely bring up his name a bunch on Twitter. I mean, it's it's by design. It's not by by accident. But I think yeah. everybody's dying to get it. Oh, we'll get it. We'll get it in due time. Yep. Uh, We come back from commercial break as we set up for Wardlow versus the Blade. And, of course, Sean Spears is with Wardlow. Well, before that, we got the encounter with Andrade. Oh, yeah. Sting and Darby, which I didn't like how they they advertised that. And then it was was just weird. And then you get backstage and basically Andrade saying it's nice to finally meet your boss. And Sting's like, what are you talking about? I thought we you covered this a week a week and a half ago. And he's like, for one, Darby's not a kid Two, If you want to talk to Darby, you talk to him. Mono e mono. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And Darby said he's going for the TNT title. And Andrade pretty much said that he's going to be the champion. And Andrade's number three in the rankings. So yeah, he's working his way up four, there. Number four. I think Dante Martin's number three. Okay. I think if I, if I saw that correctly. 
I just looked at those two. I should remember that, but sadly, one's three, one's four. I, I think I think yeah. Dante's three, but all right. Um, so the match starts, and Blade takes out Wardlow by the knees right as the bell sounds. Unloads some kicks to the downed big man. Wardlow knocks Blade back as the crowd heavily cheers his name. Mm-hmm. Wardlow plans Blade with a belly to belly, tosses Blade out of the ring as we head to commercial break. When we come back from the break, we get back into the ring. Blade tries to fight Wardlow off with some chops to the chest. Wardlow charges at Blade with a spear. Wardlow plants Blade with a huge power bomb. The crowd cheers for more. Wardlow obliges, sends Blade thumping to the mat with another power bomb. The crowd wants more, so Wardlow gives them more, nails Blade with a third and a fourth power bomb, and finally pins Blade for the one, two, three. The Wardlow chants remind me of Goldberg chants a little bit tonight. Yes. Yes, because they had that same kind of the same feel. Cadence. Yeah, the same cadence, too. And uh, I love it that he listens to the crowd. Yes. One or two power bombs are not enough. No. Give us more. After the match, Spears wax Blade with the chair, and he and Wardlow make their way out of the ring. We then see a video package where Alex Abrahantes narrates Penta's change because of Malachi Black's mist, and we cut back to the ring where the inner circle makes their way to the ring, and they will have a team meeting. Jericho, Guevara, and Hager make their way down as the crowd sings Judas. What do you think of the Pintas change? What, I mean, what do you what do you I'm, think we can see there? Uh, I'm I'm digging it. I'm wondering if he's bringing back some of the older gear, um, maybe going darker, uh, more heelish. Yeah. So I I think I think something good's going to come up. Yeah, I know the Lucha Bros are one of the best tag teams in the world, and and Ray Phoenix they suspect he'll be back. I think sometime next month, which is great. I mean, when when that happened, um. Oof. I think we all thought he was going to be out majority of the year, right when it happened. So, mm-hmm. um, but Pinta has always just oozed charisma to me. Oozed oh, absolutely! Superstar potential and talent. I mean, he's been a world champion in Impact before, and I still think before his career is all said and done in AW, he's going to have a good singles title run of some sort eventually. Oh, I think we'll see it sooner rather than later. Um, after. Uh... Jericho Hager and Guevara make their way into the ring. They're talking about the fact that uh, Santana and Ortiz aren't with them. That's okay. They haven't seen them all day. Uh, Pride and Powerful's music hits. They come out. Um, Jericho gets in their face immediately about the fact that they didn't tag him in. Calls it disrespectful. Santana says it's enough of that corny shit. At the end of the day, Jericho only cares about Jericho. Santana says anything that they've fought or any issue they had to go through, it's to the benefit of Jericho and only Jericho. Santana says whenever they had a chance to go to for the AEW tag titles, they had to stop what they were doing to come save Jericho. Santana says that he and Ortiz came out here to tell them the days of playing second fiddle are over and done. And at the end of the day, Chris is the one who always stood in their way and never let them get a bigger spotlight than he had. And this goes on for a while. Jericho says, uh, you know, I might have picked the wrong two members of LAX. Ask, that was uh, awesome. That was asks awesome. Hager if uh, he's got... Um, Oh, 
the I number know. for homicide and and um, and um, Hernandez. There we go. My notes didn't have that. That's when <laughs> went after Jericho's throat. Yep, and uh, Guevara stops it. Jericho tells Sammy to shut up. Jericho apologizes. Crowd didn't like that. No. Sammy says he loves everyone in the ring, says they're family. Sammy says one of his goals is to become the best champion in AEW history. And this bickering back and forth isn't going to help anything. He says, I've quit this group before, and I'll do it again unless you figure this out. Uh, Ortiz asks Jericho what's next and says he couldn't be more wrong about Eddie Kingston. And unlike Chris, he's one of their brothers in arms. And one thing is for certain. The bickering and moaning they're doing isn't going to settle anything. Ortiz says where they come from, they don't fix things by talking. They do it by fighting. Next week, Santana and Ortiz against Jericho and Hager. Jericho says after he and Hager beat them down, maybe they'll have an attitude adjustment. Jericho and Hager exit the ring and we cut backstage where Tony Schiavone is with Trent and Rocky Romero, which we'll get to in just a minute. What did you think of the inner circle segment overall? Didn't love it, but didn't hate it. <laughs> um, it was kind of there, um, kind of what I expected. Um, I liked Sammy walking away. He's got to go mm-hmm. do his own thing for a little bit. I liked how we're getting a match between the two teams. Um, I think Hager looks like he's in tremendous shape right now. You can definitely tell he's been in a fight camp lately, getting ready for his next MMA fight. Um, this will be interesting next week because st- we're, we're still setting up for the Jericho Kingston match. That's where this is gonna this is gonna go. Oh, absolutely! Just, just when's Eddie get a return from his eye injury? Yeah, and that's the question. So, which I think it's gonna be soon, pretty soon. Um, I think from so. some interviews he did last week. I um, think so. But uh, yeah, this um, uh, yeah, it was fine. I don't know. I don't have strong feelings <laughs> it either way. But I did like the um kind of homage to the original LAX Hernandez and homicide. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as we go backstage, what you think of it? Oh, I, uh, I, I'm excited for the, the falling out of mm-hmm. the inner circle. Um, mm-hmm. I know that sounds kind of silly, but I want to see, you know, pride and powerful do their thing. I want to see Sammy do his thing and not have yeah. to be, and a uh, part of inner circle. It's Sammy Guevara or, you know, Santana yeah. and Ortiz. I'm ready for it too. You know, I think they should do it, but every time I think they should do it, they don't pull the trigger. Part of me is like, I don't know if they'll ever totally break up the inner circle. If they don't break up, they need to just kind of make it like, you know, just a, a thing, you know, you're not, in, you're in the inner circle, but it's not going to come out every time to Judas. It's, you know, yeah. Sammy can come out to Sammy's music, Pride and Powerful do their thing, that type yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. So kind of a, a house, if you'll have it that way. Okay. Somewhere to call home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we see Tony Schiavone backstage with Trent and Rocky Romero ahead of their match against the Young Bucks this Friday night on Rampage. Matt and Nick interrupt and ponder why they don't just fight right here, right now. Adam Cole comes from behind and attacks Romero and Trent. Matt and Nick join the attack. And um, there is a very poorly done V-trigger here um, because Rocky's head clearly fell forward before it was supposed to. Yeah, it got a big time in the shoulder. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's not the big news. The big news is... 
Jay White comes out of nowhere, fires Rocky into the production truck, and we can officially say that Jay White has walked through the forbidden door. Yeah, I, I did not see that coming. <laughs> I did not either. Should have, because I knew I know he's been in the U.S. for a while. He lives in the U.S. now. He's been on Impact for the past few months uh, with the Bullet Club and, and Chris Bay and everything going on over there. But it just, you know, when I, I, I figured Jay White eventually would show up on AEW television. Eventually. I didn't know if it'd be 2022 or not. Actually, I thought it'd be last year and it never happened. But, um, I, you know, I thought he'd come out the entrance music or something. I didn't think he would just pop up on the screen like that. At first, when I saw the leather, leather jacket and I didn't see the switchblade with the tallies, I thought it was Kenny. Just for a split second. I, I thought it was like, oh, my God, Kenny's back. But then I was like, oh, my God, no, that's Jay White. Loved the reaction of Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. If you watch Matt and Nick, what is he doing here? And Adam Cole's just smiling the whole time. So you knew yep. he had something to do with it. You knew he was cool with it. Jay White says to Nick, nice earrings. Walks away. Loved yeah. It. He's so good. So good. We uh we head to a commercial break because when we come back from the break, we find out who the free agent is. We got the Forbidden Door segment that TK had tweeted about. Now it was time to see who the free agent was. Isaiah Cassidy makes his way to the ring with the Andrade Hardy family office music playing which, which they did, still don't have the a up there on the they did though on the, on the, oh, they did they i must did. have missed that okay it was a h f o okay i just so, saw that h yeah it was quick it okay. was quick but i think it, at least it looked like it to me i, I may should. be wrong they should if they don't i mean right if you're gonna call the group that have have the initials up there yes and uh well Cassidy's in the ring, and then uh, your prediction was right because Keith Lee is all elite. And the crowd loved it. Huge Holy pop. You could crap. tell he was loving it. He was taking it in, kind of like when Moxley debuted at Double or Nothing. It's like, I'm free. This is what it feels like to be appreciated. Yep. AEW did more in one night for Keith Lee than WWE did when he's on the main roster the whole time. Exactly. Exactly. Cause you know, they let him come out in his regular attire and not go nap. We got to change your whole attire before you didn't walk through that with curtain. A great entrance theme that didn't even mess with. Didn't nope. call him bear cat. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, didn't he, do uh, anything to him. Awesome. It was a great, great debut. And, and um, yeah, just had a feeling a lot of rumors going around with last week on, uh, on Fightful that Keith Lee was in talks with AW. So I thought it was coming. And of course, I mean, but that was what, the fun thing was seeing all the speculation on wrestling Twitter. I mean, Jeff Hardy's name came up, which I think he'll be all elite soon. But Matt said on his podcast on on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy that his no compete clause ends on March 9th. So yes. unless Tony found a way to buy him out, which I don't think WWE would allow that, he wasn't coming over. Mustafa right. Ali was another rumor. Same thing. He's still under contract with WWE. I mean, there was rumors maybe TK could buy him out because he bought Thunder Rosa out of her NWA contract, if you remember. But that's probably a little different. Um, and then there was tons of other names thrown out there. Josh Alexander from Impact ties with Ethan Page. He was one I was seeing. Um, one well, especially since Brandy brought that up. Exactly. And one person on Twitter uh, replied to our question today had uh, Xbox Sean Waltman, who he is. He came out of retirement. He's uh, teaming with Joey Janela against uh, 
um, Matt Cardona and, and Brian Myers at the GCW event coming up. Um, so there was there, Samoa Joe was another one speculated. Karrion Cross was rumored. Um, Adam Schur, a.k.a. Braun Strowman. Didn't see a ton of Wyndham Rotunga, a.k.a. Bray Wyatt. Didn't see a lot of that. Um, but at the end of the day, Keith Lee, happy for him. Happy for his new wife. She was thrilled for her husband on Twitter. Um, and good good play by her tweeting out the uh, honeymoon photo yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, bell rings. Lee is feeling it early and often. Shows off his high-flying and powerful offense. Nails Cassidy with a moonsault and a flip off the top rope. Then tosses Cassidy out of the ring and dives onto him on the outside. Matt Hardy takes his, makes his way out of the ringside area with a disappointed look. Targeted in the direction of Cassidy. Lee tosses Cassidy to the corner. Cassidy trips Lee up. Slides him out of the ring and dives through the middle ropes to lay out Lee, who quickly gets back into the ring. Cassidy lights him up with some strikes as a and has a Pele kick swatted away. Lee tosses Cassidy in the air, catches him on his shoulders, and plants him with a pop-up side slam for the three count and the win. I gotta say, you want to talk about power. When this match started, he grabbed Cassidy and just tossed him across the ring like he was a rag doll. Yeah, I mean, he's powerful. I mean, I just, I just, did, how did WWE blow with this guy? I mean, I mean, he was supposed to be that <laughs> well. guy. You know, that you saw that backstage segment uh, or, or video of a segment uh, from two years ago, Vince talking to him and everything. I mean, he and Lesnar were face to face in the Rumble a few years ago. Place was going nuts. I mean, he was the real deal, and WWE just did what they do to everybody just screwed him up. AEW, I think, is going to use him the right way. I mean, he's powerful, fun to watch, quick for a guy that big, athletic, n- nice guy from everything I've read outside the ring. So, um, crowd loves him. It's it's a home run hire, home run signing, I should say, by DK. Oh, DK absolutely, sure. absolutely. He's gonna be fun in that ladder match, the Revolution. Yes. He's gonna be fun to watch in that ladder match. After the match, Mark Quinn attacks Keith Lee. Isaiah Cassidy joins the attack, but Lee quickly takes them both out before we see a video package hyping up next week's no disqualification match between Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez. Yeah, Mercedes uh, took out Thunder Rosa with a lead pipe on Rampage. First DQ I can remember in AEW. Um, yeah. But we found out that Britt Baker hired Mercedes to come in and take out Thunder Rosa. And Mercedes pretty much told Britt that's what I did. But Britt said, no, you need to get the job done and get the win. So, yep. Don't think she'll get the win, but I, I like the story. I like I like how they, they did that on Friday night. No, no. Um, and then... After the video package, Sammy Guevara makes his way out to the ring as we head to a commercial break. New card time. Sammy's got those cue cards rolling as he brings up uh, numerous names that could challenge for the title. Andrade, uh, Keith Lee, I saw was on there as well. So yeah, I don't know how I feel about another Darby and, and, and Sammy. I mean, that was a banger of a match back in 2020. Revolution loved it, but I'm like. Man, we've seen these two guys already both hold the TNT title. Um, or, or Darby's only had it once. Excuse me. I was going to say he's had it twice. Seems like he, but he had it for a while. Um, I'm like, man, I, I don't know. But neither of them are ready to, to go for the big gold. So 
No. And they're main event players, so I guess where, where else do you It makes them? sense. Oh, yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess I'm okay if they're on the back now. I'm talking myself into it. See, working myself into <laughs> a shit. FTR makes their way to the ring along with uh, Tully Blanchard. CM Punk's next out, and uh, we wait for his mystery opponent, who we soon find out is John Moxley. Who did you think it was going to be? Uh, you know, I wasn't sure. I was just really hoping it wasn't Danhausen. I mean, I know he's still injured, but you know, there's all the the uh, punk Danhausen stuff going around on uh, social media. I was like, man, I really hope they don't somehow make this work. Oh, the crowd would have loved it. Oh, um, they would have gone crazy. But, you know, I think Dan Hudson's pretty close to being cleared. I mean, it looks like uh, you know, yeah. he doesn't have the cast on anymore or the brace and doesn't have his crutches. And, but Punk was tagging Dan Hudson. Punk even tagged some other Joe, asked him if he was still in the country. I saw a lot of people popping for that on Twitter. Didn't think that was going to happen. I would have loved it. Didn't think oh, I was gonna have it. So great. I was trying to think. I'm like, okay, we've got two surprises tonight. I don't think they're gonna give us a third. So I'm trying to think of roster members. I couldn't think of him. I can't believe I didn't think of Moxley because I was trying to think of baby faces. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it can't be Darby and Sting. I'm like, I right. don't think they're gonna throw Orange Cassidy into this. So yeah, yeah, perfect, perfect pick though. Yep. And um, as the bell rings, Punks and Dax start this one off. Punk frustrates Dax with some takedowns and transitions. Dax composes himself and locks back up with Punk and makes the tag to Cash, who works over Punk with a choke. Punk slides out with an arm drag. Cash breaks away and makes the tag to Dax. Punk makes the tag to Moxley, who drags Dax to the mat with an arm drag, but Dax reverses the momentum and counters with a headlock. Moxley tosses Dax off the top rope, but while but Dax wallops him with a clothesline before Moxley fires back with a slam and a trio of kicks, then an elbow and a cover, but Dax kicks out at two. Moxley makes the tag to Punk. Cash distracts Punk, and Dax dives at Punk's knee and tags in Cash, who continues the attack on Punk's now re-injured knee. A lot of back-and-forth action. I mean, this match was just crazy. So many close calls. I thought this match was over several different times. You know, one thing that bothered me about this match, if I can intervene real quick, is, yeah. and, it, and this was just a, and it wasn't AW fault, but this is just something that the, that the WWE commentators say. Every time you have two superstars who don't normally tag together, can they coexist? Let's see how they coexist. I saw it coming. Oh, God. I was like, I hate that line. I, it's yep. so old for me. I heard that, but I get why they say it, but it's like, oh, God. Yeah. Um, towards the end of the match, Dax clubs Punk with an uppercut, then another Punk looks for the backslide, Cash tags himself in. Punk knocks him off the apron, looks for the GTS on Dax, but gets caught in the big break. Cash covers Punk, but Moxley makes the save to break it up. What was Dax doing? I mean, it looked like a video game double team pinning move where it locked up and Dax just didn't move. I mean, Mox slid in like he was expecting to fight off Dax and Dax just looked right past him. Yeah, that was, that was kind of a cluster. Um, Yeah. I will say going to this match, I'm like, okay, let's be honest. Moxley and Punk aren't losing this, even though FTR is one of the best tag teams in the world. And they shouldn't be really, in my opinion, racking up as much loss, as many losses as they are. But, 
for a split second when that bell shot happened, I thought I thought FTR was stealing them. Yeah. But did you notice they have like 40 wins and they're still oh, they single do. digit losses or yeah, just I mean, barely I mean, they are respected. Don't get me wrong. So. And I laugh at the people on the Internet who say, are they really getting used in AEW better than they were in WWE? It's like, yeah, I remember in WWE they were shaving each other's backs in the shower. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, bad it memories. I, I, I want to see him with Tag Team Gold again. And I think we eventually will. I think we'll oh, be the oh, first yeah. two-time AEW Tag Team Champion yep. champions. Um, but uh, it was also fun to see Tolly get in there mixing up with CM Punk. That's where I was just getting ready to go to as all four men get up. FTR slides out of a mere GTS and paradigm shift attempt. Moxley chokes cash. Dax get caught in the Anaconda vice taps out. But Aubrey Edwards for the first time is distracted by the Dax and Moxley brawl. Tully Blanchard breaks up the submission, but eats a GTS from punk. Awesome. Took him a minute to get Tully up there, though. Yeah, dude, he is probably being extra careful. I mean, yeah. Tully's really old, but good for Tully. Still taking bombs. <laughs> right. Cash rolls Punk up, but Punk kicks out. Cash eats a GTS from Punk. Moxley stops Dax from interfering, nails him with the paradigm shift. Punk pins Cash and gets the one, two, three for the win. I loved the the finish there. Yeah. I great. loved the GTS. Uh, Mox runs in, grabs Dax for the paradigm shift. Yep. They hit almost instantaneously. Yep. Ooh, it's great. It was fun. It's fun to see these guys in their new company, new roles, tagging together, having fun. Yes. Um, and like I mentioned last week, Moxley's looking better and better shape every week. I, I, I did read an interview with him the other day. He said he is working on getting his weight back up to where it was. Said he eats, he's eating pints of ice cream before he goes to bed and whatever else Renee's making for him. <laughs> so he said he's, he's, he's close to getting his weight back up to where he wants. So good for him. Yeah. Uh, up next is Jade Cargill with smart Mark Sterling versus the debuting AQA for the AEW TBS championship. And I like this too. Use the TBS championship kind of like you did the TNT champion when Cody had it. Yeah. And bring in some new talent. I Absolutely. Like Absolutely. Jade slams AQA to start. AQA fights back, but Jade tosses her to the mat and works for an arm bar. AQA slides out and locks Jade into an arm bar of her own. Jade lifts her and tosses her to the mat and then out of the ring as we head to a commercial break. During the commercial break, I thought there was a three count because Jade yeah, had her there was pinned, a close call. Mm-hmm. and I seriously thought it was a three count, especially and with I, the way Jade was acting after it. I think she was supposed to kick out earlier than she did. Yeah, it was okay. kind of a miscommunication. That, that was my understanding. I think she probably just kicked out later than she was supposed to, and I don't think it was supposed to be okay. close. Okay. Uh, back from the break, and AQA is getting a ton of offense in this one and drills Jade with a sky-high dropkick, then goes up top, looks for a dive, but gets caught by Jade, who blasts her with some wild slam before planting her with Jaded for the three count and the win. Can we talk about the shooting star press that AQA did, though? Oh, oh one of the best ones I've seen Oof. in a long time. Wow, she, she really impressed me tonight. She's she's really athletic. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, why not make her all elite? Put her on dark and elevation rampage from time to time. Dynamite from time to time. Another quality talent in the women's division. 
Absolutely. Uh, then we go backstage to the Cutler Cam. As uh, <laughs> I enjoy these every week, I gotta say. Yes. Matt and Nick are uh, backstage with Adam Cole. Nick says it's time to climb the rankings, and Adam Cole says Jay White is their man if they need any backup during their match against Rocky Romero and Trent on Friday night. Matt asks Adam if he can send them a heads up next time he invites someone to the show. Adam says they can trust him because he's never steered them in the wrong direction. Cole says he has something he needs to say, and he'll catch up with them later on. And I love the fact that the Young Bucks brought up this guy's Kenny's enemy. Love that. And they brought up Bullet Club. They said Bullet Club. Said Bullet Club for life. I know. But here's my question for you. Are we in a long-term storytelling where Cole's going to get back at them for killing him off on BTE? 100%. Okay. 100%. (laughs) 100%. When, When Kenny comes back. I mean, we haven't seen Red Dragon on TV lately. Right. Um, but when Kenny comes back, I think we're going to see Kenny and the Bucks versus Cole and Red Dragon. But if Jay White's still around, maybe the Bullet Club gets involved because, I mean, it's the forbidden door. I know Tomatonga tweeted at t- Tony that he's a free agent for the first time since like 2010. Yeah. I mean, a lot of talents can't go over to Japan to work in New Japan right now. I know. So. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities after tonight's episode, and I love it because I want to see more of that old school, old storytelling working BT and and uh, dynamite. I think it's awesome. And Cole, I'm Cole's gonna do. He's sneaky. Oh yeah, Buck, Buck shouldn't trust him. Uh, if we think back to uh, a BT episode uh, right after Cole came back, um, he got. Kenny a monster and Kenny was very hesitant to drink the monster because yep. he remembers. Yep. yep. <laughs> so it's it's great. It's uh and you know, I don't expect to see Kenny back for a little while. Um mid year earliest. Yeah, maybe maybe double or nothing time, but that, that might be pushing it. I mean, it sounds like he had a lot of pretty serious injuries he was fighting through, so he had multiple surgeries. So um but man, when he does, that crowd's kick up nuts. Oh, absolutely. Because everybody, I mean, we, we took him for granted. I took him for granted. I mean, he was carried that we all on back last year's champion. Puts on great matches every night, good promos. But it just, you know, it gets to the point where it is what it is. You expect that from Omega, mm-hmm. the best bout machine. But then when you don't see him for months, it's like, my God, I miss watching Kenny Omega on my television. Yeah. Yep. Trust me, my kids randomly blurted out Kenny Omega for no reason uh, right. yesterday. And I kind of looked up at the TV. It's Tuesday. And I look it up at the TV going, is Kenny on? <laughs> yep. I mean, he's star power, man. And it's, yeah. it's uh, and I, I like that he's getting healthy, getting the, the carry needs. Because I think he's got one more really good run in him before he starts slowing down. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Up next. For the first time ever in Dynamite history, thanks to the Kicking Out podcast and uh, <laughs> Tanner's repeated, um, we need two women's matches. We got our second women's match of the night. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening to the Kicking Out podcast, Tony Khan. We greatly appreciate it. If you could give us a shout out on television, that'd be great. Send uh, money, as Dan Housen says, send money. <laughs> send monies. Lots of monies. 
Yes. Um, we get a five-minute professor challenge from Serena Deeb as she takes on Katie Arquette. I love this because right when I saw it advertised, it reminded me of the old Master Lock Challenge. Yes, exactly what it thought of. Yep. Uh, Katie Arquette, this is the sister of David Arquette, correct? I think so. I think it is. I think she is. There's some relation. I know that. I'm going to Google that real quick. Okay. Well, while you Google it, I'll talk about this uh, five minute professor challenge. Deep tosses Arquette into the corner, then blasts her with a neck breaker before locking up an arm bar and Arquette immediately taps out. I will say that even though this match was only about 60 seconds, um, it was great to have a second women's match, even yes. if it is just a quick squash match. And I like how the confidence that Deeb has as a heel because she turned her back to Arquette. She's like, come on, hit me with your best shot. She tried to give her time. But Deeb's veteran status just kind of overtook. And we knew with a name like Katie Arquette that she wasn't going to win. <laughs> she wasn't going to last five minutes. Katie Arquette is David Arquette's niece. Okay. Niece. So, okay. Yes. And um, I think she just got into wrestling. It looks like in 2017. Um, but I agree with what you said, Paul, even though it was a short squash match, it's great. It's a step in the right direction. Still gets more women on TV. And we've seen squash matches with men. We've seen short promos. They could cut out and have another women's match in there. So I'm glad they went that direction tonight. Absolutely. I was excited. I know you were excited. Yep. And I look and forward Serena, to it. Uh, fantastic. I mean, oh, yeah. She's so talented. Yeah. Let's do this every week where she yep. does a five minute professor challenge, like you said, like the master lock challenge, and where it's just something, get her. boom. And yeah, somebody will get her. And that'll be that. Yep. And then we'll have a whole other segment to go off of. Yep. And it's now time for the main event. Um, for the main the, event. The Texas death match. All you knew it was going to be bloody. I mean, oh, the last one we saw yeah. was when Archer beat Mox in the state of Texas for the IWGP US title. So whenever it's Texas death match, because I think we've seen, I think this was the third one, if I'm not mistaken, we've seen on AEW television, you know it's going to be hardcore. Yeah, at least it wasn't an exploding match. <clears throat> I think we'll see one of those. Uh, ooh, I hope not. And if we do, I'm sure Tony will make sure that that never happens again. Yeah. Like it did. Anyway, uh, both men are brawling backstage before either make their entrance. Paige tosses Archer into some production equipment and they brawl to the arena and the bell officially rings. Can we talk? I, was, was that glass set there on purpose? I don't know. Because that was on the heel tunnel, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Couldn't tell. But it's been so long since Archer's actually made his entrance on <laughs> AEW. It could have been something that he was going to throw something through it or kick through it or something. Who knows? Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but the bell officially rings. Paige drills Archer with the title, tosses him through some glass that busts Archer open. Paige oh, tosses gosh, Archer back in the ring and blasts Archer with the buckshot lariat. Referee Paul Turner begins his 10 count, and Paige and Archer get 
and it's announced again that Paige and Archer can only win by a 10-second knockout or submission. Archer struggles to his feet, but gets there at the count of nine. Paige dives through the middle rope. Archer pelts him with a garbage can cover. Oh, God. Starts yeah. unloading. Oh, my Lord. That like garbage can lid shot. I was like, holy crap. I, I knew he was grabbing something the way he dived under the ring as soon as uh, he hit the floor. I was like, all right. And then I thought I saw it, uh, but the camera cut so quick that I was like, maybe, maybe I didn't. But the way he was standing, I went, all right, Paige is diving into something. And he sure did. Oh, God, did he ever. Ooh. And he lanced and hold back. And unlike a chair, when you got to make sure you swing it a proper yeah. way, if you're going to swing it hard, eh, yeah. just swing the lid. Yeah, yeah. It's going to hit him. God. <laughs> God. Uh, Dan Lambert makes his way down to the ring as oh, well as I Jake said the, the same Snake thing Roberts. Was, oh, God. That's yeah. exactly what I said. Uh, yes, I think I said it at the exact same time Shivani said it, too. Uh, Lambert starts unhooking some of the turnbuckle, takes the top rope off to uh, disallow Paige from doing the buckshot lariat. And can I say, as a man who has put a ring together before, that was very frustrating because you have to keep all four corners at the same turns. So that was off. And it, it, ah, uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, love, I love when they do that spot though and take one of the ropes down. And, and it was great storytelling too. Strategic by uh, Lambert to, to do that so we can't the bump. Oh, shot. yeah. Uh, Archer tosses Paige into the crowd and looks for a power bomb, but Paige lays him out with a moonsault off of a barricade. The way Paige landed on that barricade, I would have fallen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they make their way back to the ring. Paige looks for the buckshot lariat, but realizes he has nothing to launch himself off without a top rope. Archer nails him in the back of the head with a clothesline. We head to a commercial break. Back from the break, and Paige is now also busted open, and he plants Archer with a DDT on the outside. Lots and lots of color in this match. Oh, man. Uh, Wonder both. what the WWE uh, people are going to say about this one <laughs> if they if they got on that uh, Rampage Women's Tag Match. Oh, yeah, because uh, this makes it look like they just took a red marker and drew it across their forehead. Yeah. Uh, both men get back into the ring. Paige unloads shots with a kendo stick on Archer, but Archer counters and wallops Paige with uh, a slam onto a garbage can. Archer grabs a fork starts stabbing Paige with it. Paige rolls up off the ring. Archer follows and retrieves a bevy of chairs from underneath the ring, tosses them in before he finds a chair wrapped in barbed wire. Archer drills Paige with a big boot, then goes back outside the ring, grabs the steel steps, fires Paige onto them with the blackout, which oh, sends man, the champion looked, bouncing like off the steps so into the floor. Ooh, those steps bent. Yeah, that looked like it sucked so bad. Oh, man, I felt so bad. Yeah, I felt so yeah. bad for Paige. Hangman Page takes some crazy bumps. <sighs> and we wonder why he's never on TV. I know, but <laughs> guys, he takes some wild bumps. He really does. He yeah. puts his body through it. Uh, Turner begins the count on Page, but Archer picks him up, tosses him back into the ring. Looks for a power bomb onto the barbed wire chair, but Paige rips the barbed wire off of it, clubs Archer in the face, then delivers a German suplex to the big man. Paul Turner's bent over in the ring, 
to grab the barbed wire and Paige uses Turner as a launching pad to nail Archer with the buckshot lariat. Both he and Archer go through a table on the outside. Both men struggle to their feet. Paige gets up. Archer can't beat the 10 count and hangman Adam Page retains the world. That was such a cool spot. I, I never recall seeing somebody use a ref as a launching pad like that for a finishing maneuver. I thought that was really no. creative and unique. I like that a yeah. lot. Yes. Um, you know, most of the time you use the ref to avoid getting hit or uh, sure. some sure. type of distraction. You throw the ref, you knock the ref out, but to use them as a launching pad. Yeah, that was pretty and cool. Hats off to Paul Turner for agreeing to do that. Mm-hmm. He's he's one of the best refs that AW's got. Absolutely. Really now here you have been hinting at this for weeks now. After the match, Adam Cole comes down to the ring, rips the championship out of ref Paul Turner's hands, and hands it to Cole. Uh, Cole puts the title on Page himself to signify he's coming for Page as his title and his title as the show goes off the air. He's been number one in the rankings. He's still technically undefeated since his uh, lost to Orange Cassidy was in the lights out on sanction match. He goes back to their Bullet Club <laughs> days. I mean, there's so much they can hit on. We got about a month. Revolutions on Sunday, March 6th. So we got about a month to get there. Really looking forward to the next few weeks. How, how, we uh, plant some more seeds going forward. Speaking of uh, revolution, that is the next time that the KOP predictions championship yes. will be on the line. We were going to, I was we, willing we, to we defend gonna it tonight. We were try tonight, but when they only give us <sighs> two, two matches. matches until a few hours prior to the show, it's kind of, kind of hard to. Yep. So to due to a no contest tonight, I am well, still champion. I will not rub that in your face too bad tonight, Tanner, because uh, I, I really wanted to defend it. I, I was willing to take my loss because I said it was Killer Cross that was the free agent, and you said Keith Lee. So I was gonna, I was gonna let you claim victory. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to win it that way. But I do feel like I'm a true number one contender now. I've got a few you predictions are. right going on. So now, if I can only get some match predictions right, so uh, yeah. the Revolution's going to be a great card. And honestly, out of the four pay per views. You can argue Revolution, both in uh, 2020 and 2021, had the strongest card yes. of them all. So, yes, um, it just they need to get still get that bad taste out of my mouth from the main event last year, the exploding barbed wire finish with Kingston <laughs> and Moxley. To so some, I, something good this year. I think they're gonna do that. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, great worry. episode tonight. Uh, slower paced, it felt like. Yeah. Or if, I don't know. I mean, it was it had a ton of action. I mean, the first half was a lot of promos and debuts, and the second half was a lot of action with matches and in-ring work. But it just seemed like the two hours took a lot longer, which that's fine. Because right. sometimes I'm like, dang, this show's flying by. And tonight I look at the clock and I go, oh, wow, it's only 9 o'clock. So yep. um, I don't know why that was, but just was. Yeah. Your rating for tonight's show. It was a slower <laughs> one. But I'm going to give this a nine. Ooh. I, really, I really enjoyed tonight's show. Ooh, Tanner with have, a I don't nine. Have much, I don't have much to pick on. You know what? I will go right there with you. I'm I'm a solid nine with tonight's I, episode. I mean, you know, you can if you really want, you can nitpick things in every yeah, segment, oh, every yeah. match. But I mean. I mean, the inner circle segment was what it was. I mean, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. And there was a few, um, there was a few things 
in the in the Jade match that was a little off at times, but I, I like what they're doing with that with the uh, new talent coming in to, to face for the for the TBS title. And thought the main event was good. Enjoyed the opening segment with MGF. Thought the tag match was a banger of a match. Um, Keith Lee, great debut. Jay White's surprise was awesome. So, yeah. All right. Your wrestler of the night. Uh, part of me wants to go with Hangman because that was a hard-fought battle against Lance. He got color. He defended his title successfully. But I picked Hangman a couple times for wrestler of the week. Um, gotta go Keith Lee. Like, I knew great, it. Great, great uh, <laughs> debut. Beats an yep. athletic superstar and Isaiah Cassidy. Um, just, just happy for the guy. Just happy for him after um, being on shelf for a little while, waiting for his 90-day no-compete clause to come up. And uh, excited to see what AEW does with him going forward. Wouldn't shock me at all if he wins that ladder match at Revolution. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, All right, well, I'm going to go with uh, the team of Punk and Moxley. I like it. Um, I like these two as a team. I know, oh, they're... Two very big egos. Let's see if they can work together. Like you said, overdone. Yeah. yeah. These two, these they, don't, they don't have egos. They know they're good. Yep. They can prove they're good. And they worked very, very well together. I was very yep. excited. I wanted to see him. I wanted Punk to come back and team when uh, Moxley was in WWE. Yep. And it never happened. So. I was excited to see this. This is one of those kind of like dream tag matches for me. And just wait till uh, eventually we get a Punk and Danielson tag team when they're heels, because it'll happen eventually. Oh, yes, it will. And remember the storyline that was put in place last week. Uh, Danielson wants to be um, have a faction with Moxley. So. Yep. I think we'll it'll see. be good. See. Yep. Yeah, a lot of, some talent's not on TV this week um, with their stories. No Danielson tonight. Right. No, no, Cody Rhodes. Well, he wasn't on last week, but Brandy was. Well, yeah. That's okay if she's not on this week. Right. Um, who else wasn't on this um, week? Um, no Jurassic Express with the tag titles. Nope. We got the Ass Boys though. Well, yes, we did. I yes, forgot about did. that. <laughs> we yes, got a we quick did. little thing from them as um. Oh, now I can't even think of his name. Their dad. Yeah, Billy Gunn. Billy there Gunn. we go. Billy Gunn. Said, let's throw it back for a little bit. I got two words for you, new champs. Yep, because they are going against Jurassic Express Friday night on Rampage for the titles. Jurassic Express is retaining. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to make a prediction right now. I know it's February 9th. Ooh. The next tag team champions are going to be Brody King and Malachi Black. I'm pretty sure. All right, all right. Yeah. I think we'll go back to a, a heel team again. Okay. I'm looking or forward I can see to FTR, it. but I like the House of Black or the Kings of the Black Throne, they call themselves. They're in the rankings now. Yes, so they I, are. I like them sitting down there. I'm like, yeah, that, I can see that. Yep. All right. Uh, any final thoughts for tonight, Tanner? Oh, great show. I mean, I think it was a great follow up from, I think last week's was kind of a eh for Dynamite. I think I gave it like a 6.5 or a 7. Or I think it was 6.5. Um, but this week's was awesome. I mean, TK delivered. I mean, he got us all confused by all his tweets. Like, okay, is it a free agent? Is it somebody 
shutting the forbidden door, which I had seen on Twitter that he has tried to trademark the forbidden door, phrase, ah. which is interesting. So, okay. um, but I, I don't think Jay White's all elite by any means, but I think no. we're just going to see him on TV. He's, he's a guy, he's going to be in three companies. I mean, he's, yeah. he's Jay White. He does whatever the heck he wants. He switch play. Exactly. But Keith Lee got the graphic happy for him. And Tony kind of hinted on busted open today in some other interviews just because of those other speculated names, you know, only one was going to appear tonight doesn't mean that he's not looking to sign more. So, and he even brought up, he can't resign all of the expiring contracts. So yeah, we're going to see some talent, not, not be on TV anymore. Oh, absolutely. We knew that was coming eventually anyway. And I'm anxious to get an update on Cody Rhodes contract situation. To be honest. I mean, I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah. But, but I'm still I'm still anxious to see uh, what's going on there. I think that's why we didn't get Cody on TV tonight. Yeah. To let Could that be. kind of work a little bit more. Um, well, and I like let him sell the hard fought ladder match. Unlike, uh, you know, putting Sammy on Rampage the following Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, let, let him sell the injuries a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what well, are your final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts. It's a great show. Great uh, rebound from last week. Like you cool venue said. too. Oh yeah. It was a great venue. I loved uh, the MJF intro. Yeah. That was so cool. Yeah. He, uh, he's one, I mean, he, he's so good at his character. I almost like the guy, if that makes sense. Like I'm coming it around. Does. I'm like he's it so does. good at his character. Even outside. I'm like, Man, I'm I'm t- I'm talking myself out of giving one of his T-shirts because I'm like, that's how good this guy is at, at his gimmick. But, but I can't wait till he gets power by Wardlow. So, yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying is, uh, in the near future, you could be wearing a better than the best in the world T-shirt. Possibly. Hey, it's, ah. it's, you know, you know, got got a birthday around the corner, so maybe we get some <laughs> yes. new AEW merch. But uh, speaking of merch, go get yourself some KOP merch. You got two different stores to get it from. You can check out Pro Wrestling Tees, or you can check out the official KOP merchandise store. Uh, the link is in all of our social media profiles. Mm-hmm. So go get yourself a coffee mug or a uh, T-shirt or a hoodie or something. Yep. Go get yourself yep, something. something for everybody. We've got two different logos on there. Working on a few more. So yep. um, be have your eyes out here in the, in the near future for some more designs to drop. Absolutely. And, you know, support a great podcast and looking great while you do so. Or, you know, your stylish coffee mug will look good while you drink that coffee in the morning. Yep. And uh, be sure to follow Kicking Out Podcasts on all social media at Kicking Out Pod. Be sure to listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And like Tanner said at the beginning of the show, if that happens to be Apple Podcast, give us a five star rating like Meltzer would do. Come on, five stars. You can do it. <laughs> Give us that five star. You got it. We'll be uh in the top five before you know it. <laughs> We're working our way up. <laughs> and be sure to follow Tanner Lee on all social media at Tanner Lee92. Follow myself at Paul Zartman921. And with that, for Tanner Lee, I'm Paul Zartman. Join us again next week as we kick out yet another podcast.